The following is a production of the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Inside UFLB, Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball. My name is Dean Millard. I am proud to be the uh, head of baseball for uh, Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball uh, for UFFS and also co-commissioner along with Matt Soren of Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball. Man, we are we are just a couple of weeks away uh, from the season kicking off officially. Uh, I'm watching the Dodgers and the Reds, great Canadian Joey Votto up to bat. Watch the Blue Jays pound the Yankees earlier today. It's just, I, I, baseball is the only sport I will watch when it comes to preseason that I that I actually enjoy. So we're going to have a lot of fun today. This show presented, of course, by Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. You want to get the most realistic fantasy experience, whether it's baseball, hockey, basketball, football, golf, horse racing, uh, the great game of footy coming down the pipe. Uh, we have it all at UFFS. And this is broadcast proudly on Twitch and Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, depending on where you're watching it. We're live on Twitch. Uh, lots of great programming that you can just scroll down and find the schedule. Right after us, actually, Show Ali and Andy McNamara are going to combine uh, for a little free agency NFL talk. So keep it locked on this Twitch channel for that coming up right after we're done at 6 p.m. Eastern. And you might be re-watching this on our YouTube channel, and you can watch all of our shows in replay. You can also get our shows in podcast format wherever you find your favorite podcast just search ultimate fantasy sports network and you can find that we're gonna have a really fun show today we're gonna bring in the agm of northern fury uh but he's more than just an agm of northern fury he covers the blue jays he's also a very talented musician chris henderson is gonna be our guest Another blockbuster deal in UFLB went down recently, and I think there might be another deal in the works as well. I'm no Larry Fisher UFHL insider, but I do have a word that there might be another trade coming down. We'll give you some details on the Seiya Suzuki auction that will be starting tomorrow. We will also give you details on the Futures auction and the IFA auction, which goes this weekend. You can reach out to Brian Hernandez for all of those details. And we will have Baseball Thunderdome. Uh, you can vote on our uh, Twitter uh, poll question uh, for Baseball Thunderdome. And we'll also have our top five. Uh, top five video games. I'm repping old school 1987 RBI Baseball. That might be my number one. I don't want to give it away. But here's how you can get in touch with us at the UFLB on Twitter. You can get us at UFLB underscore scouting. And Matt Soren heading up the Legends League at LL, the LLB underscore Info UFLB at UFFsports.com. You can also get us UFSN at UFFsports.com. And then, of course, the website, uh, UFFsports.com. That's where all our uh, action happens. You can buy NFTs at UltimateSportsNFTs.com. So certainly a ton of stuff going on when it comes to Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports and more specifically UFLB. Uh, all right, uh, let's get on to the action. We're going to bring in our guest of the day, and hopefully, I've configured this all properly uh, because I can't rely on prank calls. Jamie Thomas stole that uh, uh, gig on his very first show, but let's see if we can bring in Mr. Chris Henderson. Uh, we were talking about, you know, not reading the comments, but some of the things that you get to write, uh, very cool, I think, experience. Do you have a, you know, uh, maybe is your first story or a favorite sort of piece that you've been able to write so far? 
Yeah, you know what? I think I think when I if I think about the favorite ones, I think it's some of the interviews I've done. Like I remember talking to Alec Manoa when the you know the COVID pandemic just just started, and him, he was starting a gym with his brother, and um, you know just having those kind of real conversations with a guy, and then to see him, maybe you know I enjoyed the article and I enjoyed the conversation, but I think just chatting with a guy who you know was a relative unknown at the time, uh, other than you know those of us that really dig deep into baseball, um, you know just to, to chat with him about investing in a gym with his brother and about how much his family means to him, then to see him thriving the way he is these days. Uh, I think those are the ones that always stick out to me the most is just getting a chance to chat with a young guy and, and seeing life go a little different for him later. Yeah. Uh, I, I would, uh, I would say that's the, the, I, I, I love human interest stories. Like I just think, yeah. you know, as, as much as, you know, I want to know, you know, what the, the, uh, the Dodgers are doing sort of uh, stats wise and, and, and all of that stuff. I, I love human interest stories. That's that's what I love uh, the best. Yeah. So you can find uh, Chris's uh, work at uh, jaysjournal.com uh, slash baseball for brains. I love that baseball for brains. Um, yeah. it, it's pretty fitting. So what what do you think of uh, the, the Jays so far? Um, the, the Chapman deal that uh, just went down and, uh, you know, the moves that they certainly have made to add to what was a pretty good roster last year. Yeah, you know what? I think it's wonderful to see. For those of us that have been Jays fans for a long time, we've just been pining for for those years where the front office and the ownership behaves like they're like just like they're all in and they're throwing their cards on the table. And and uh, I mean, we saw some of that with Anthopoulos making big moves in 2015 and 16. Um, and we saw it in the early 90s. But it, there was a lot of years where we waited to to see the team behave like this. And so it's awesome to see them on the cusp of a, a great season. I'm a huge fan of the Matt Chapman deal. Uh, you know, he's over a year removed from that hip surgery now. And I think we're already seeing that he's he's going to be a different player in, in 2022 than he was last year. Um, and I'm just, I'm just thrilled and excited about um, the work that's been done to build this roster. Yeah, you know, like Matt Matt Chapman is is such. Um, you know, I was watching some MLB stuff the other day, and he was getting like top ten uh, consideration when it comes to uh, third baseman simply because of his defensive play and and the fact that you know this guy uh, obviously can hit, but he's one of the best fielders, not just third baseman. He's one of the best defenders in all of baseball i mean that is we i go back to the days of kelly gruber making snags at third base and obviously the bringer of rain was fun to watch but it gives excitement in the field for jays fans and at bat absolutely and and for this jays team in particular you know we saw bo bichette benefit from getting to work with Marcus Simeon in the middle infield last year and now to bring in a guy like Matt Chapman to work on the other side I, I think it's not only it's, is it going to improve the overall team defense and we're, and we're just going to get to enjoy that all the time but I think it's going to make Bichette a better player and I'm just excited to see what having Chapman over on that side of the defense will do to take the pressure off Bichette um, defensively and offensively it's uh, it's I just love the move. All right, so let's talk a little bit about UFLB sp- uh, specifically. Um, I, I know yeah. I know one of your co-owners because I grew up with him. He was actually the best man in my uh, wedding, Steve Cole, uh, and his brother-in-law, Michael Kerford, is the other owner and, and the GM of Northern Fury. How did you end up with that crew? You know what? It, uh, that's just the 
blessing of the internet these days. And it turns out that uh, they've been just reading my nonsense that I put on jaysjournal.com for years. And Michael reached out to me and uh, we just got chatting uh, just over, just over Facebook. Um, just so he reached out to the, to the Jay's journal group and said, I'd love to get in touch with Chris Henderson. And, and uh, I responded and said, Hey, what's up. <laughs> and by the time he finished telling me all about, um, all about what he was, what he's looking to, for me to get involved in. I was, I was intrigued, excited, and uh, ultimately, I, I agreed to to jump, to jump on. Yeah, it's it's wild uh, what can happen when maybe you're you know least expecting it and, and things like that. So, how long have you been playing fantasy baseball? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, at least a decade, I, or probably a lot longer than that. I mean, I, I started playing fantasy football when I think when I was like nineteen or or so, and and baseball came not long after that. Um, it's, um, you know, it's, it's just a ton of fun. And, and for me, it's always one of those things that it, it keeps me paying more attention to the rest of the teams in the league, which is the thing I love about it. You know, I'm a huge Blue Jays fan and I write about them. And so I can get my focus can be there a lot of the time. But um, that's one thing I, I do really like about fantasy. It just uh, keeps my eyes a little bit everywhere. That, you know, that's one of the reasons in, in, you know, a few years ago, I started playing fantasy basketball um, with this job. It's just I, it's way too busy. I barely play any other fantasy now, but I did that because right. I wanted to get to know the league uh, yep. a little bit more. And, and it really is a good way to do that. So what was your initial reaction? Michael reaches out to you. He says, hey, I got this fantasy league. And you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, what is it? 12 teams, 15 teams, eight, you know, whatever it might be. When you find out when maybe when he sends you the rule book, I'm not sure what was the wow, this is different than anything else moment. Yeah, the rule book um, and just some of the original conversations that we had were you know, I realized that it was going to be a lot more intuitive, a lot more expanded than anything I'd ever done before. But um, I think it was when we we did the prospect draft was my really my, you know, brain blowing out of my head moment where I, I just uh, I didn't realize the full scale of, of just how invested owners were um, and, and how uh, just committed they were too. And so that that brings another element of of just a pile of fun. I mean, when you get that many people that are all trying to win and trying to build a good franchise, it uh, it just it makes it a lot of fun. Uh, all right. We are joined by Chris Henderson, uh, AKA Santa Claus, according to Duffy, uh, 723, uh, his, uh, the message, my daughter just called Chris Santa Claus because of the beard. So that's good. You know. uh, that's funny. I, I've been, these days I've been working as a, uh, high school teacher as a day job. And I have a student uh, with special needs that comes by and he often looks at me and he says, ho, ho, ho. So I'll have to, there's more than one out there. <laughs> I'll have to dye it white. Maybe. <laughs> I like that. I, I really, uh, I think that's pretty cool that, uh, there's others that uh, kind of think of the Santa Claus motif with that one. Uh, so what was the draft like for you? Uh, I was on set for the first round, which went way faster than I thought. I couldn't believe we had got so far behind. Uh, but then I, you know, I, I kind of, took a, a back seat and just kind of watched and monitored. And then Sunday, unfortunately I was driving uh, from Regina back to Edmonton. So uh, not a lot of time in that drive to be able to see what's going on, but what was the draft for you guys? Like, that's really funny on Sunday. I was driving from Edmonton to Regina. <laughs> we probably waved at each other on yeah. the way. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It was fun. And, um, 
it was i was actually on the road a lot that weekend and so it was a bit hectic for me i was uh doing lots of time spent on the phone with michael and thankfully we had done a lot of work in advance doing prep work on our on our draft lists and that sort of thing so it was more making discussions and revisiting discussions that we'd already had but you know with a league that's that deep and and with people thinking about long-term needs versus just straight up trying to win this year as well um it was just i was as much as it was um you know, it was fascinating to me just to see the different strategies um, that it, that people were using to try and build their teams. And um, I was really excited. There were times that players that were taken way earlier than I would have expected. And then there were other times that, you know, Michael and I had a debate about a player um, and then ultimately they were there the next round. So um, when you have 30 teams involved in, and that this many variables in the equation, they it sure made it a lot of fun. You know, it's so funny. I do tracking the draft with Craig Button about the uh, the National Hockey League draft, and, and he's famous for saying there's no such thing as off the board. Whose board is it? Is it your board? Yeah. Well, they, they have a different board. And he's, you know, he goes into the NHL, and he says even when he was a GM, there's 32 teams, or back then, whatever it was. They all have different lists. Nobody has, nobody's looking at Bob McKenzie's rankings, and they're all drafting at that. So it's interesting. Like Shane Baz went early in that draft. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. he's hurt now. Th- that guy could win a Cy Young and maybe that franchise is building for down the road in my hockey league with the uh, Duckman's domination. And I can't wait to see a Northern Fury mug at some point. We'll be getting all of that out to the owners, but I still, I tore down my team for two years and, and built it into yeah. what's going to be a contender. So it's amazing to see the different strategies. Now, did you guys have a specific strategy? Did you stray from it a little bit? Because you can be, uh, you can go into a draft as planned as you want. There's always going to be a pardon the pun curveball coming at you and you have to right. pivot, react, whatever. Were there moments like that for you guys? You know, it was funny because we we went in and we talked about a lot of, di- of different ways things could go, and we did have a kind of a strategy in place. And by the time, you know, we did, we also as the draft evolved and as opportunities came up, we did take we did kind of waver once or twice. But when we looked at at the bulk of our work, we we kind of laughed at the end and went, "Well, we stuck to the plan of what we were kind of looking to do." I mean, it's it's not a secret when you know I'm not going to give away everything by any, by any means, but it's not a secret when you look at different rosters. Some are looking to try and win right away, right now, and, and others are looking to try and build a more of a bit more of a sustainable winner or a, a winner in the future at some time. And uh, we were really happy with the way things worked out. All right. Well, let's chat a little bit about uh, that roster. Uh, are you pretty satisfied with what you have had? Are you guys looking uh, to make some deals? And, you know, obviously uh, when when uh, the open market uh, becomes available, you can start getting some players from scouts. Uh, but are you guys just sitting back? There? You know, I'm, I'm loving the deals that are going down. It's great to see uh, so many great deals. Where do you guys kind of sit in that right now? You know, I think we're really happy with our roster and, and we're not in a hurry to uh to make a deal having said that with some of the trades that have been going on in the league it's um you know we're keeping our eyes open and looking for opportunity just like we would in the draft i mean there's been some trades that um you know with all due respect to some people i've scratched my head over and went boy i wish i had a chance to beat that one mm-hmm. uh, and uh we'll continue to, to look for those opportunities but um we're certainly not in a in a place where we're desperate to make any changes and I think you're going to find that, you know, I, I can only speak from experience of being in the ultimate fantasy hockey league. And obviously baseball and hockey have vast differences, but the roster sizes are the same. Some of the uh, general things are the same. I think you're going to find that there is a 
difference of opinion of people. And oh, for a lot time. of people that aren't have never been in a league this deep either, they're going to figure it out and, and you know, kind of figure it out on the fly. And then you bring in score coin as well that you can use in trades. And I think we might see... Uh, it's going to be shifting for a while and you might see trades that, you know, people value different players and whether it's, you know, getting rid of cap or wanting to build for the future. Right. Um, it's, it's going to be fa- just like it was fascinating to see people build the roster through the draft. It's going to be interesting to see the different value that people have on players. Absolutely. And I think baseball is just that way, even more than any other sport, or, you know, at least of the four major sports in North America. Anyway, I think, um, you know, evaluating prospects is, is in a lot of ways, it's a fool's game. <laughs> I mean, you can see, you can spend all this time in the world and there's still going to be the Travis Snyder's or, you know, the, that, uh, you were sure they were going to be a star and, and they just don't work out. So, I mean, there, in some cases, uh, I've seen teams that are paying, uh, prices where they, in a few years, we might look back and go, Oh my goodness, they made yep. an amazing deal there and in other cases it may work out to be a disaster but uh, that's the beauty of fantasy sports and sports in general yeah we all we all have uh, 2020 hindsight right we all knew Neil Yakupov was going to be a failure at the first yeah, overall right. pick and uh, well a lot yeah. of people did actually I, I shouldn't say <laughs> that even some I think some of the Oilers scouts but uh, that's another story uh, <laughs> let's talk about this roster uh, obviously it starts with the killer bees uh, Bichette and Bryant um, two guys uh, you know at uh, different stages of their career but vastly effective. Uh, your offense probably goes as far as those guys. Like those guys are going to be carrying you uh, at the top and you got some other good players as well, but that's the focus of your offense. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we were thrilled with the chance to to draft Boba Shett in the first round. Um, that was something that we were really hoping would fall to us at number eight and uh, we're thrilled when it did happen. And so that's the kind of building block that, um, that we love both in the immediate term and in the long term. And a guy with like Chris Bryant, I mean, he's 30 years old. Uh, we love his positional eligibility. He can play just about everywhere. And, um, and he just signed in Colorado. So that couldn't have, that couldn't have worked out any better for us. We were thrilled to see him. I never in a million years would have predicted that he signed with the Rockies, but, um, the fact that he did certainly didn't hurt our cause. I, like I, my prediction, Chris Bryant will qualify everywhere by the end of the season. Like you, you yeah. think he played his whole career with the Dodgers because they move guys around all the time, but first, third, and all three outfield positions for now. And who knows what happens? Like those guys that, you know, can play three or four positions, hit 30 home runs, 90 RBIs, whatever it might be. Those guys are almost MVPs for a franchise. They might not be the best player on the team, but they fill so many. And in a points league, games played is currency. And I and I keep trying to tell people that are new, that are used to head-to-head, games played is currency. And if you can get Bye, Chris Bryant in every game, that's what it is. Absolutely. And we love a, a few other players on our roster like that too. I mean, um, Escobar can uh, play second and third Ty France can move around. Um, you know, and that was one thing that, w- that we looked at and certainly evaluated in the equation when we were, when we were making picks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those, those guys, uh, you, you mentioned France, Dylan Moore plays uh, three different yep. positions, uh, obviously uh, Bryant and then, uh, some, some outfielders. You also have some, uh, some, some backup catchers as well. Catchers are always missing time. Well, every player misses time now. Like they, I was amazed the other day I saw the stat that somebody played 162 games last year and I'm like, wow, that is such a rarity these days. 
Yeah, it doesn't happen very often anymore. And I remember when Vladdy, uh, when Vlad Grimmer, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. finally took a day off, uh, you know, late August last year, and and people were like, "Oh, he's wearing down." It's like he hasn't had an off day all season long, and that was after an off season of losing a bunch of weight and working out and everything else. So give the kid a break. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, let's move to pitching now. Uh, the Jays' impact there as well with uh, Jose Barrios. Uh, I, I really like Jose Barrios as a pitcher. I thought it was a really good move. A lot of people didn't like it at the time, but they're going to really love it uh, this year. Uh, Freddie Peralta, Mike Clevenger, um, tell me about what you like about your pitching staff and and you know where you guys go with that. Yeah, the, the three names you just mentioned are, are huge pieces of the puzzle. You know, Brios is a guy that, uh, as a Blue Jays fan, I was it was a, probably a high price to pay. Uh, again, that's all relative to how you how you see things. But uh, you know, in the benefit of hindsight, now when we're a few months past it, I mean, Austin Martin's uh, value has dropped, and and, uh, and others have dropped on the prospect list. So I think the Blue Jays have done really well, and I think Northern Fury are, are going to do really well with Barrios. He's a, he's a guy that I think. Um, you know, he's being talked about as a Cy Young contender this year in a lot of circles, and uh, he's only 27 years old. He signed a nice controllable deal that's uh, for mm-hmm. reasonable money for a long time. So we really like him. And speaking of all those things I just said, Peralta is on a sweetheart deal for, for many years. I mean, that Brewers rotation looks incredible, and I just, you know, I love love what he's bringing to the table. And uh, Clevenger, I mean, uh, he's a guy that I was huge on before he got hurt. And I, I think he's going to make a really nice uh, return to the league. And I think he could be a guy that uh, that got slept on that that a few people are going to be, how did he last that long in the draft? But we have a few other pieces I really like. Reed Detmers is another mm-hmm. one, um, you know, fan. that uh, if if he can, you know, reach his potential, we're going to be in really good shape, um, in our, especially in our starting rotation. And we've got some nice arms in the bullpen too. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it's interesting. I look at, you know, we, we always talk about, uh, oh, this player has really good protection in the lineup. I think pitchers can get really good protection in the rotation too. And, yeah. you know, if, if, you're, if you're taking a uh, Brewers pitcher or a Dodgers pitcher, you're, you're, you're going to be pretty good because those are organizations that, you know, thrive with their, their starting pitching. But, you know, when the Jays got Ryu, I was like, geez, I don't know. He had protection in that rotation. Now the Jays are giving everybody else protection in that rotation as well and I if you know they don't have the Robbie Ray or and things like that but they have some really interesting arms do you think they have to go out and get one more arm maybe late in the season or do you think they're okay I think it's going to depend on health I mean um with Gosman Brios and Manoa um I think that's a really really strong top three Manoa I mean it's always interesting whenever a pitcher gets into their sophomore season because the league's had a chance to study more tape and and all that sort of thing so Manoa I think um you know was in for a big season I have nothing but faith that he's going to be a fantastic big league pitcher but um the great thing is those four or five guys Ryu I mean Ryu could be a three-year however you want to order them but uh, Ryu he is much better than a lot of people are are giving him credit for he wore out at the end of last season which shouldn't have been a shock after a shortened 60 game campaign in 2020 Uh, and Kikuchi I mean he was an all-star in the first half last season and yes he was terrible in the second half but uh, Pete Walker's um, well known for helping guys bring out the the best in their abilities and uh, I'm really excited I mean to have a five five man group that's that deep and then have guys like Ross Stripling and Nate Pearson sitting in the wings um, as depth which will get needed will be needed over the course of 162 games Um, I think they're in a great place and we'll we'll figure figure out or we'll see where 
where they're at in July as far as if they need another one for the playoff push. My lone baseball fantasy baseball team is hoping Nate Pearson gets into the rotation at some point because I took a chance on him last year in the uh, the waiver wire. Health, it's it's health with him, right? Yeah, it, that's exactly right. I mean, he's he's had, you know, and it's never been like major arm issues. He took a in his first minor league season, he had a comebacker that hit him and broke his arm. Um, but beyond that, I mean, last year he was dealing with uh, groin stuff and with a bit of forearm tightness. There was a misdiagnosed injury at one point, and and I was actually really excited to see him come in and, and win the fifth starter's job this mm-hmm. spring. I don't think it's going to happen as long as the five veterans are all healthy but um, he's going to get a chance at some point this year and uh, he looked really really good yesterday all right uh, let's go back to when you were a kid you know playing baseball in the backyard whatever it might have been who was your favorite player when you were a kid and who is the team you disliked you can use the word hate if you want to i'll just say dislike but who did you love to watch as a player and who did you just every time you saw him on tv they got on your nerves so I was fortunate. I, uh, I'm 37 years old. So I was a, I think I was eight years old when the Blue Jays won their first World Series. And uh, when Joe Carter hit his famous home run in 93, I was nine and he was already my favorite player. So that those two years cemented my Blue Jays fandom for the rest of my life. And, and I've always loved Joe Carter. Um, there's something about him. He just had a great smile and he hit, hit dingers. And I, you know, I was just a huge fan and I wore 29 as a kid. I still do with my beer league slow pitch with my friends. I still wear 29. So Joe Carter would, would definitely be the guy for me. And then um, as far as teams that I hate, um, and you know, hate is a strong word, but they're baseball. I think it's applicable <laughs> yeah. sometimes. You know, I I didn't grow up a Yankee hater and I probably never will hate them because my dad, um, the Yankees were always his second team because, you know, he cheered for baseball or he was watching baseball before the Blue Jays existed. And so he grew up being a Mickey Mantle fan. And so I I never really learned to hate the Yankees, but it was very early in my life that I learned that the Red Sox are to be hated because my dad was a Yankee fan and a Blue Jays fan. So there was all kinds of reason to hate the the Red Sox. So to this day, I still uh, not a fan. That came easy then. That came really easy. It's like I grew up as an Andy Moog fan, so to this day I cannot look at the Calgary Flames without feeling a little sick. Yeah, that's totally understandable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I was Joe Carter's home run, uh, one of the best nights that I had, me and my buddy. Uh, remember Dairy Queen used to have those little rally cap? Hem- we, we put those oh, yeah. on, and we think we helped win them the World Series. <laughs> All my friends were 18. I was 17. So I got to oh. drop them all off at the bar while they celebrated the Blue Jays winning the World Series that night, then pick them up and go to the after party. So not, I had great memories and then really boring. But you know what it was? It was I, I got to sit there in the radio and listen to it and, you know, the, yeah. the aftermath. And, and, and I've said this on this show a few times, baseball on the radio is the best. It's I'm a romantic. I, you know, Vin Scully, I grew up, you know, listening I'm to him you, wherever man. I could. Baseball on the radio is the best. I, I, it's a lot of times I'll put the MLB game on and put the radio feed, especially if a guy like Bob Euchre's doing it. I want to listen to Bob. I'm the same. And, you know, I was thinking a little bit more about your question earlier about um, some of the thrills or some of the articles I'll always remember. And I wrote an article about Jerry Howarth uh, mm-hmm. one time. And I'm just a, a massive fan of Tom and Jerry, especially Jerry. Um, and the day, and what I'd written about was just some of the stuff that he had done. Um, well, whatever, we don't even need to get into that. But I, I'd written an article about some of the things that he had done over the course of his career. And the following day, I got an email from him. Um, and I'd never spoken to him before. And uh, he was thanking me for 
you know, for writing such a wonderful article about him and if, and offering, if I ever needed any help in the industry to please reach out to him. And so I, I just remember sitting, I literally like got tears in my eyes and was like, man, this is like a, this guy's a piece of my childhood. And he just emailed me a thank you letter. Like, uh, yeah, that was, that's probably the number one moment. You know, we, playing catch in the backyard, we would always have the the Blue Jay games on. They would be on CKLQ radio, and and Tom and Jerry were, you know, basically part of your childhood as as you grew Absolutely. up. And I, and I know what that's like. In two thousand and six, the Oilers went to the Cup final. I was covering them for Global, and and getting to shake Bob Cole's hand in the press boxes. Oh yeah, you know, you meet those people, and you know, sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes. Trust me, I've met some heroes that I'm like, yeah, I wish I didn't meet that guy. But there me are too. some people. <laughs> yeah, there are some people when you meet them, and you're like. That that's a special moment, and in meeting Jerry and 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 getting to interact with the Tom and Jerry would have been just just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just a class act, right? I mean, yeah. um, he definitely didn't have to seek me out and email me, but right. uh, that he that he took the time to do that was just like, of course you did. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you? Uh, Larry yeah. Fisher says, sounds like a solid rotation and very evident. The Northern Fury is in good hands with Chris. Great insights, and he says he's 32, 1984 too, so definitely relatable. Larry and I have some uncanny similarities. Are we have the same birthday? We were both goaltenders. Uh, we have a similar sort of family situation. So. At some point, I thought maybe we were separated at birth. I'm not sure. So, uh, <laughs> and then Rick Rock says, "Yikes, that's getting old." Fish, that's not old, man. I'm I'm 1975. So if if 84 oh, is old, if the Oilers' first cup is old, then I then I'm ancient. So I'm I'm 1975. So that is definitely old. Just like prospect list, man. It's all relative. <laughs> my my students yeah. think I'm old as dirt, but uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> the, the weird thing about prospects is now that, that you're seeing guys that I covered in, in hockey with their kids coming up, like Mike Sillinger's yeah. kid is in the NHL. It's like, what happened? Like, this is, this is so crazy. I'll, uh, I'll do you one better. I, oh, I teaching last year, I had a student come into my class that I had dated her mom. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That was quite interesting then. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah, that's always fun. That yeah. that makes you feel old, real yeah, quick. Yeah, that that really does for sure. <laughs> okay, so you're not just an AGM with Northern Fury, and you're not just a guy who writes baseball for the Blue Jays. Although those two job titles are really cool, but you're a pretty talented musician as well. So uh, let's just talk about um, your musical career. You know, when did music start with you, and and how is it sure. carried on? Um, you know, tell us a little bit about you know what you do in the music world. Yeah, well, and thank you. I uh, I put out my first album, and I mean, I, I kind of stumbled into my music career very, very much the same way that I stumbled into writing about baseball. I my dad harassed me to join this or to sign up for this contest, and I won the contest. And the first prize was to record a song, and then suddenly my song was on the radio, and then I was getting invited to Nashville, and and so that was kind of that all started happening in the mid two thousands, I think two thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, right when I was finishing university. And so I ended up recording my first record down in Nashville in 2008. And I res resigned from my job by 2011 and spent uh, about a decade on the road, just full time and mostly in Canada. Um, and lots in Western Canada we would have spent a lot of time in Alberta. Um, and lots of time in Alberta, <laughs> but uh, I've, I've recorded uh, four records over the course of my career, and and I was just getting ready to promote uh, my fourth record when the when the pandemic kicked in. So that kind of drastically changed my life. I had to I had to cancel um, seventy two shows or something like that when when all that all went down, um, and it, it ultimately led to. I was very thankful that I had a, a teaching degree because it ultimately led to me uh, coming back to teaching, um, which is what I'm 
been doing as a day job these days. So um, I spend, you know, a lot of time during the day working in the classroom and then uh, weekends I'm doing music and, and the evenings I'm, I'm obsessed with baseball. It's <laughs> three good, you know, it's, at least it keeps you, you uh, honest and busy and not focused on uh, one thing. Rick rock uh, 369 says he's 1975 as well. So here's to the old guys. Uh, that's us. Oh yeah. Uh, so you're, you're an award-winning musician as well. Uh, not just any musician. I'm going to get you to, to brag a little bit and tell us about some of the, uh, the accolades that you've picked up. Oh, sure. I mean, who doesn't like to do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I'm based in uh, Saskatchewan, so the, most sorry? of the awards... I, so I'm based in Saskatchewan. No, is I'm where just I, saying I, I'm I, sorry that you're based in Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. a Manitoba guy, so I'm allowed to make that joke. Yeah, that's fair. Manitoba and Saskatchewan, we make fun of each other, and we're exactly alike. It's true. Yeah, I always I, I was t teaching my buddy from Alberta the other day that uh, the old gapper <laughs> right. joke, that uh, we're the gap provinces, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm from one of the Gap provinces, and so I uh, in most a lot of the awards that I've won over the years have been uh, provincial. Like I won Male Artist of the Year here in Saskatchewan awesome. from 2018 to 2020. I had a three-year reign that got wrecked last year, but I'm nominated again this year, so nice. ho hoping I can take that back and and uh, won a few other ones. Uh, you know, just doing that kind of thing as well. Uh, songwriter of the Year and that sort of thing. So it's it's nice to have those those little awards to put up in your shelf. That's amazing accomplishment. Um, you know, there's a ton of talented musicians in that province and all across Canada. So congratulations on that. Uh, Larry says, any relation to Joel Henderson, the hockey scout for puck preps and a musician also from Saskatchewan? Henderson's a common name, but figured I'd ask. He is. He's my little brother. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? <laughs> no. You know, and it's funny because I'm sure a few of those guys know, uh, know Joel and, and Dean, you probably maybe are familiar with him too, but he's, uh, he's a scout, uh, does a lot of work with the WHL and, yeah. and a lot of uh, the junior leagues and, uh, you know, and, and he's, yeah, I could go on and on about that, but yeah, he's my little brother. And so my dad really got a kick out of the fact that not only do we both become, uh, professional musicians, but then we both started working in sports and, uh, it's, we have very interesting conversations when we go out for breakfast. No doubt. You should get Joel involved in our scouting program uh, on the UFA. I know he's been approached. I know he's been approached. Maybe somebody just has to sweeten the offer for him. I don't know. That's right. Well, we, you know, I can tell you uh, high-level scouting, which has Craig Button as our head scout, we are definitely looking to expand uh, our hockey. So we might have to have a conversation after, and uh, maybe Joel would like to work alongside Craig in, in uh, the high-level scouting that my wife owns of uh, the scouting agency. So we might have to get cool. into that. Uh, any songs about baseball? I haven't, you know, it's funny and I'm getting asked that I'm going to have to fix that with my next record. Cause I haven't written a song. Well, I've written some songs, but I haven't recorded any songs about baseball yet. And, and that's going to have to change. Yeah. I think uh, there could be a UFLB song. Maybe you could, uh, you know, write like a song it. for one of our shows. What, you know, I, I, I use, uh, whenever I'm writing, when I, you know, I, when I worked nine to midnight and did the Oilers post game show, I would come home and start working on the next day's show. I'm always trying to listen to music when I'm doing stuff like that. What, what's mm -hmm. your inspiration? Do you listen to other music? Like, how do you write a song? I'm sure you've been asked this. Is it just happen in the shower sometimes? Like what, what's your method? Um, you know what? I, I am, I'm a weird 
person that way. I if I sit down with the intention to write a song, then I get nothing. And it's usually that a, it might be a, sitting in the shower, it might be in the middle of a baseball article. I might just have a an idea that pops in my head, and nine times out of ten, I just stop what I'm doing and and write the song. And and if I don't, then it's gone. And uh, so that's the part where being having a day job makes it a little bit unfortunate sometimes although i have written a little bit here too but uh <laughs> but uh usually it's just it's one of those things where i just like call it inspiration whatever it is um it's just ideas that'll end up coming to me and and i try i try not to write um after i've been listening to a bunch of music mm-hmm. you know it, as weird as that sounds but uh, i subconsciously rip people off all the time and i and i try not to yeah. you know <laughs> everybody does though right like yeah. you, you hear something and you get inspired with it and then you try to make it a little bit different, but it still sounds the same. And so you almost have to take a, like a a subconscious break from listening to that, do something else and get your mind off it. Yeah. And you know what, for this record I've been working on right now, it, it's been cool because my dad ended up passing away a couple of years ago and one of, he was a professional musician and he, one of the things he left behind was like 50 reels of his bands playing live. Wow. And so, and so I've been digitizing that stuff, um, for the last couple of years. And so getting, hearing stuff from the sixties, hearing different sounds, um, that that's been really inspiring to me to, to go through that kind of stuff. And especially just with the connection with dad and all that sort of thing too. But Oh, that's... that would be so amazing. Uh, you know, like when you, when you think about, uh, our past and, you know, the, the connection that we have to people, I think that's, uh, that is, uh, so very cool to be able to have something, uh, to have something like that, to, to be able to remember. Absolutely. I would say that uh, as far as nostalgia and, and memories and connections and stuff like that, music and baseball, I mean, that's for me, obviously, that's that's the formula. But uh, but I think that I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely think you're uh, you're not the only one when it comes to that uh, nostalgia, music, uh, you know, home videos, all that stuff. It's what uh, certainly what's keep it going, keeps us going. All right. Last question. Who do you think uh, who are guys you're I'm I, I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to pick for the AL, but who are your AL NL MVP candidates going into this season? Ooh, good question. Um, well, I'm, I am going to pick Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I know that's a, I know that's a biased pick, but um, could have won kid, it last year. He could have won it last year. I mean, Otani was a very deserving winner, of mm-hmm. course. But um, what impressed me the most about Vladdy this summer is that, or over the off season, was that um, he wasn't satisfied with hitting 48 home runs and hitting 311 and being the best pure hitter in the American League. He won the Hank, Amer- Hank Aaron Award. Uh, instead, he worked his tail off. And I think I read the other day that he lost 22 pounds. He looks incredible. He sounds motivated. He's talking in a very confident manner. And, and I just can't can't wait to see what he does i mean he's already doing it in spring training and uh you know what i'm gonna pick freddie freeman in the national league because i think he's gonna just have a spite-filled wonderful season <laughs> so here's a question i i have as a for for a blue jay guy that covers the blue jays the blue jays were obviously looking at freddie freeman yeah what were they gonna what did you realistically think they would do with vlad I didn't like that from the start, and and I I mean I've got tweets and I've got articles I can I can point to that that back me up that I said that and and I mean there was some discussion that maybe he'd try third base again. Yeah. To me, that made no sense when you saw that kind of offensive production. Just let the kid, the guy focus on hitting. He did it very well. He improved big time as a first baseman. So I mean they would have 
I think that what they ultimately would have had to do is split them between first base and DH, but yeah. all it takes is a, you know, a tweak of the knee for Springer. And now you've got a, a $25 million player sitting on the bench. And uh, so as much as I love Freeman's bat in the Blue Jays lineup, uh, it just didn't make any sense to me. And uh, I'm glad he's not in the American league, put it that way. Yeah. I, I'm with you, man. I just didn't see uh, the the point of it. Uh, and you know, they, they have a good lineup. Like, you know, I would much rather have Matt Chapman at third and Vlad at first than Freeman at first and Vlad, at, you know, and Freeman's 32. 100%. I mean, I think the Braves did a smart thing in moving on from him as well. Yeah, I mean, that that's always a debatable thing. I, I agree that he's probably had the best years of his career. Um, you know, we'll see how I'm I'm really intrigued to see how that Braves clubhouse does without him this year. I, you know, I, I do feel like he was a heart and soul in that team. Um, but I understand the move and you and not only did he just move on from him, but he replaced him with Matt Olson and then signed him to a sweetheart deal. Yeah. That, that makes way more sense. So I, as much as I hate seeing Freeman move on from the team that he's played his whole career, um, you know, I got to tip my cap to Alex Anthopoulos on that one because it was a, it was a pretty dang good move. Yeah. Larry says, congrats on the awards. You likely know the guys from the Prairie States uh, band too. They're involved in UFFS platform, their owners in football, oh, really? the Stormbreakers. Yeah. So we might, oh, have, no to, way. might have to have a, contest, a concert here or something like that. Uh, small world. He worked with Joel at FC hockey for a couple of years and lots of Canadian country crossover in the UFFS and Duffy 723 says, Freddie is my guy. So lastly, uh, we're going to Vegas next month. We've got a big event there. I'd love to see baseball uh, owners, GMs come on down you're you're pretty familiar with vegas you might have to give us some tips do you play vegas quite a bit you know what i haven't done a lot uh in the u.s and it's it's mostly just you know uh, for a guy at my level and for the way that i have my career has evolved i um it, it it's it's a big pain in the butt to get uh, musicians passports in order to, you know, to get to, I'm having a brain fart here, but to get the uh, O2 visas that you need and all that kind of thing. It's rarely been a, it's rarely been a thing that's made a lot of sense. So I haven't done a lot of working in the U S it's usually been one-offs and stuff, but, uh, but it's always fun to fly into Vegas and, (laughs) and have some fun. Yeah, maybe we'll have like a concert at uh, Circa Swim or something like that. Rick Rock 369 says UFFS sing off at Stadium Circa. Uh, I like it. Swim at the Circa. That'd be fun. Get, Chris, this is Prairie been, States. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Uh, just quickly, where can people find uh, your work? Obviously, your work with Northern Fury, uh, but uh, where can they read you uh, and, and find you out there in the public? So when it comes to baseball stuff, you can find my writing at jaysjournal.com. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at baseball4brains, baseball number four brains. Um, and I'm always following along especially this time of year so uh feel free to do that and if you're interested in the music stuff you can find me at chrishendersonmusic.com and uh and then of course follow along with the northern fury too all right uh, this has been fun uh i'd like to get to know everybody a little bit more in this league uh, i like what you guys are doing and uh, congratulations on everything with northern fury the music and uh jay's journal thanks so much for joining me my pleasure dean anytime all right thanks for having me that was fun that was a lot of fun to chat with Chris. Uh, we went long. Uh, I got to get out of here soon because the show and uh, show and uh, Andy are coming up with NFL. But uh, that's the ways you can get in touch with us uh, here on the program. Uh, and uh, you know what I want to do? I want to just bring uh, this up because I'm going to start talking about a very important event 
going on in uh, UFLB. Uh, the Seiya Suzuki auction will go tomorrow at 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. That is tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And you're seeing uh, the guy who's uh, going to be hitting home runs for the Cubbies, hopefully. Uh, that's what uh, the winner of the auction is uh, hoping for anyway, is uh, a lot of home runs from Seiya Suzuki of uh, the Cubs. Uh, so he signed a, a deal. Uh, the auction will be on the UFF site as usual, 5 p.m. Eastern. will run for 24 hours. Look at that swing. And... There'll be 30-second extensions, uh, of course, uh, whenever there is a uh, late bid. Uh, so you can uh, have some fun in the Suzuki auction and pick up another player. Starts at 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow at the UFF site. Huge trade to tell you about in uh, the UFF at UFLB. Uh, just an absolutely massive deal uh, to... You know, it's just it's just such a huge, huge trade that we were breaking it down between the defenders and the black bears. I mean, you got Mike Trout, I think, who is the uh, the best player in the game. I, you know, I know that there's a lot of people uh, that think Mike Trout might be past his prime. I think he's uh, still one of the best players in the game. Um, that's my opinion. Uh, I I. You know, and I think he has massive, massive Legends League appeal. Uh, so we'll see how this one uh, ultimately uh, shakes down in the future. But uh, Trout, Edwin Arroyo, Jake McGee, Zach Eflin to the Black Bears for Aaron Nola, Stud, Gavin Lux. I think this guy's going to come around at some point in the Dodgers organization and a, and a good young pitcher in Aaron Bummer. Another blockbuster trade that I absolutely love in UFLB. We've been getting a lot of them and uh, can't wait to get uh, even more of them as uh, as we go because it's just so fun to to break trades and, and things like that. So uh, that's the, uh, the latest uh, trade uh, when it comes to uh, UFLB. And now it is time uh, to get into a little baseball Welcome Thunderdome. To another edition of Thunderdome! You'd be cocky and arrogant even when you're getting beat. Two men enter, one man leaves. Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. And right now, I've got two men. It's serious. All right, so uh, this is how it works I give you two choices. Uh, you have to pick who you would take for. Between these two guys. And the interesting thing that we're doing here uh, is uh, this is going to be for the rest of their career. So who are you taking for the rest of their career uh, when it comes to these two guys? Vlad Guerrero or Juan Soto? For the rest of their career. Who do you take between Vlad Guerrero and Juan Soto? You can vote on our uh, Twitter page at the UFLB and uh, have your say. Right now, Vlad Guerrero is crushing Juan Soto with 86.7% of the vote. Must be a lot of Canadians voting on that. Juan Soto, other than Shohei Otani, who is so valuable. By the way, Shohei Otani, six-man rotation for the Angels this year, so he's going to pitch every sixth day. Shane Baz out for uh, the Tampa Bay uh, Rays. A couple of injury and rotation updates. But Vlad Guerrero leading the way at 
86%. You can vote at the UFLB on uh, Baseball Thunderdome and have your say. Uh, okay, uh, let's bring up now our top five list, and we are talking uh, top five video games when it comes to, or baseball games, rather. Not just video games, but baseball games. And for me, I'm going MLB The Show. That's the current game. It's it's pretty awesome, and it's uh, got all the bells and whistles. Uh, when I was a kid, Bases Loaded was was a really cool video game. It was didn't have actual players, but it was pretty awesome. Out of the Park is a great simulator game, something we're actually looking into for the Legends League. Uh, so I think you might be interested in learning more about that. I played Stratomatic a lot as a kid. Uh, I think it was awesome. It's a, it's, I call it Dungeons and Dragons for sports fans, and I love it. I still make Trish play every once in a while. And number one, I'm repping it right now. I'll get a uh, better shot. Well, you might not be able to see me because of the sun, but RBI Baseball, not sure which way I should go, from 1987. 1987 was RBI Baseball. And it was great. It had real players' names. I fell in love with the Cardinals a little bit. Uh, and then I, you know, the next year after that, 88, Kirk Gibson, best moment of uh, my baseball life uh, watching is when I fell in love with the Dodgers. But that 1987 RBI baseball game was so fun. I absolutely loved it. Uh, so that for me is uh, number one for sure. All right, lots of contracts, lots of arbitration going on. We are going to get the contracts all sorted out on the Google Doc sheet and fan tracks uh, very shortly as we go. Uh, have a little patience with us for that. Of course, Inside UFLB is proudly broadcast here on Twitch Live. And then you can catch the uh, rebroadcast on our YouTube channel, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. It's all part of the grand plan of UFFS. If you'd like to get your show on UFSN. It's UFSN at UFFSports.com. Final piece of advice from Crash Davis of Bull Durham. You be cocky and arrogant even when you're getting beat. Even when you're losing, be cocky and arrogant. I, I, I always say ban the shift, but they are going to ban the shift. So I'm just going to say I'm happy that they are banning the shift. And I want to remind you that coming up next, we've got Show Alley and Andy McNamara talking some NFL free agency. I will turn things over to those two gentlemen right now. Thank you so much for watching Inside UFLB. Enjoy preseason baseball. It's the only sport I like preseason action in. Remember, ban the shift at your local baseball game and enjoy the baseball. We'll see you later.